<sighs> Tough guys. Man. I mean, I see it amongst my, my son and his friends, too. Like, I wish we were different, but we don't know how to show affection. I've gotten better as an adult is, like, showing my male friends, like, genuine affection without just, like, making fun of them or, like, but my son and his friends is just, like, they just make fun of each other. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. That's, yeah. Look yeah. at that love. Yeah, Look build that. that build that emotional wall. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Tear each other down on the inside just to be able to say that you love them without saying I love you. Uh, we're such primitive creatures. But you know what primitive creatures give you? Intense competition. Which is what we saw this week. Alabaster, give it to us. This is debatable. I'm Dominic Fox. That's David Dennis Jr. If you didn't know that already, you're a damn fool. Well, before we do that, Dominique, I love you. I love you too, David. There we go. That's healing. Yes, goatee. <laughs> there we go. I love both. I love both of you guys. And Lame I also lay trophies uh, in the background. Accomplishments <laughs> on your wall. Alabaster, high pitch voice get some get some melanin in that voice man is is this better there we go there you go cat i see you cat there we go all right after the warriors won two at home (laughs) who do you have for the rest of this series um i gotta be honest man when i saw that shot go up i was like this is gonna decide the series the game winning shot from Harrison Barnes. I was like, this is it. You could be three, one, or you could be two, two. And it bounced away and it made me feel like, damn, now we got a three game series and the, to the degree that I believe in momentum, which is zero, but I do believe that there is some psychological hangover or inspiration that can come from a game like this. And if there is something called Mo, it certainly feels like it's on the Warriors side. They got it back to even. And this game played out the way that I thought games would play out. So that at the end of the game, the Warriors were like more poised, which I guess is hard to say when Steph Curry is pulling Chris Webbers or he's calling timeouts when they don't have him. But it felt like the, the King struggled in the clutch situations and making decisions. And Doris Burke was exasperated with them. Every, every possession, she got more and more pissed off. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to bet against the beam because I love them. And De'Aaron Fox has become my new favorite player and everything. But it sure feels like it's going to be hard for them to climb out of this. They're not even down. I feel like they're down. They're not down. <laughs> it's tied, buddy. But, you know, it's 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 a week later from from when we or a few days later since when we, when we last met and how the turntables have turned, my friend. <laughs> because I was being told that there was just no way that this was going to happen, that this was. No, nothing was going to have the Warriors come back. And using my analytical sports knowledge, I just said, play better, be better. And that's just, that. <laughs> that's just what they did. Clay yeah. was better. Jordan Poole was better. They were just better. But I, I don't feel – Draymond was available. Draymond was available. Draymond, <laughs> like that was the Draymond story, which we'll, we'll get into that, of yeah. course, at, at, at some point. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't. It doesn't feel – foregone conclusion like i i first of all when the ball touched harrison barnes fingertips i knew that shot was not going in because that's just i mean i'm sorry but there was all these 2016 flashbacks that man knows how to miss and in, in in a warriors uh arena that's just something he knows how to do but i like the 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 thing the story here to me is the kings though like the warriors were going to be great in games three and game four 
And the Kings just never let up. Like there is nothing here that indicates to me the Kings just going to like panic or feel like this series is over or go home and crap the bed and be nervous. Like they were down multiple times this game and would not relent. And Darren Fox is that guy. And they were making the clutch shots. Yeah, They couldn't miss, uh, you know, uh, until, until they got a little tight at the end. But I think both teams were tight at the end. They both knew how important this game was. They've been executing almost as well as the Warriors or, or better for yeah. four straight games. I don't feel like this is a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I just know in that moment I felt so deflated because I came into the series picking the Warriors and the Kings have been so good that I've become a Kings fan. And I found myself, you know how this happens. You don't because you're a Steph Homer. But this happens where it's not up to you who you root for, particularly when you when you don't have a team, you haven't bet on the game. Sometimes it's not up to you. You just find out like, oh, damn, I really wanted that shot to miss. Right. And I, I normally don't find myself in that position with Steph Curry, but I was watching that game and was like, I would rather be wrong and watch the Kings win. And that's how I know that they got something special. And you're right. It's not over. It just felt really deflating at the moment. And this team, the Kings team, seems to have answered the bell and they're mature beyond their years, despite the way they've kind of fallen apart. Well, not all of them. Sure feels like Malik Monk is, De'Aaron Fox is. It does not feel like Sabonis is. I just don't, like, I came into this series feeling like he's the best player on their team. I was dead wrong. Mm -hmm. De'Aaron Fox, Mr. Clutch, as they reminded us throughout the course of this game, came up big, and he's the most impactful player, most important player on their team. And I just wish that, I guess Sabonis put some numbers that aren't, like, embarrassing, but I just thought he was so, when I watched him in the regular season, he was so much more of a factor. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's what happens when you're up there. He's got Draymond and Kevon Looney on him for 48 minutes. Like, there is no let up. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, at least, I mean, Wiggins is doing a hell of a job on De'Aaron Fox. But, I mean, he's still, you can get off switches. There's moments when, when Wiggins is not on you. But Sabonis, for the entirety of that game, either has one of the maybe five best defenders of all time on him or Kevon Looney, who is, uh, you know, just a force in the paint. And they've, He's become sort of a liability offensively. I mean, he's and and some of these antics, he's falling all the time. He looks like he's you know doing the thing that we think that all Europeans do, where they're just looking for the foul and they're and they're doing that and flops. and he just will not take that mid range jump shot, no matter what. That shot has been there for him. He made it, I think, once down the stretch. He's not taking that shot. He looks like he's out of this series. That's what That's Draymond confusing part. do to him. Because he's not a bad mid-range shooter. Like, I think he's like 50% mid-range throughout the course of this season. And if they're going to give you that, like give you the Russell Westbrook treatment, then I'm going to need you to hit some shots. I don't get it. It's really confusing why Sabonis hasn't been more of a factor. I don't know exactly what the game plan is, but I understand you may not want to be forced into doing things that you're not comfortable doing, but he's completely comfortable in that range. He would prefer to pass from that uh, free throw line spot, but mm. he can shoot, like make Draymond come out, make him attack you. And then I guess maybe not. Cause when he tries to take Draymond off the dribble, there's a problem too, but you got to force them to guard you. And it's confusing to me that he won't do that. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, and I guess this is where we talk about Draymond. Like when, when we were here that we just heard about the suspension and we were talking about, this is what Draymond costs you. And this yeah. is, is like today is, this is why he's worth it. This is why he's worth, the suspensions he's worth the you know all that stuff that he does because he was willing to come off the bench 
He showed up. He took 14 shots. Just taking 14 shots felt like a victory, even though he was three for 14. Yeah. And he took Sabonis' lunch money three or four times in that fourth quarter. There was a, a, a two-on-one where they, you know, the momentum was going the Kings way, and he just took the ball from Sabonis. There was that block at the end. He was up and down the court. I mean, he was he blew his, up so many of those plays down the stretch, including that last shot. Like De'Aaron Fox was going to his spot, that mid-range jumper spot. And if you watch that play back, Draymond yeah. planted his foot right on that spot and said, mm-hmm. "I am not moving. I would rather let Harrison Barnes take that. Take that." And that's what Draymond does. Like right. I, we can. I he's feel smart. silly that we even talked about all this stuff about his yeah. contract and everything a couple days right. ago. But this is why he's working. And it's like he's such a like. It's weird because he's a paradox in that he is everything that a coach would want and everything that a coach would not want at the same time. It's like he's a guy where you watch a game and you're like, don't let your offensive woes get in the way of you like impacting, which it seems impossible for everyone else. Like most other players, when they can't score, they fall into the tank and they can't do anything else. But Draymond is had a Westbrookian performance in that it felt like he was <laughs> winning the game while also like being incredibly inefficient shooting offensively. It's something that it's it's hard to do. And we talk about what goes on in Draymond's head a lot. And we're very negative in the way that we talk about it because we're like, we don't know what he's doing. It gets out of control. But whatever's going on in there, he's able to disconnect certain parts and still manage to have an impact in the course of the game and still walk away feeling like three for 14. You could argue that he was one of the most impactful, I guess second, because Steph is always just going to draw defense and be a problem. But he was the second most, it felt to me like he's the second most important player on that Warriors Warriors team while only making three shots from the field. It's crazy. And it felt, I mean, it felt like he made six or seven shots. Like if you'd have told me he was seven for 12, I'd have been like, yep, that's the type of game he had. Cause he was just impactful on, on both sides of the floor. And, you know, uh, if, we're, if we're looking forward, I mean, this, this series honestly is just going to come down to can the Warriors play on the road. I mean, that's yeah. just what it is. Like we, like, it's just going to come down to, are they going to look bad? on the road for this inexplicable amount of time that they've been doing this, this really weird season that this is happening. I don't know. Nobody can explain it. This team, the, here's my question for you. Uh, like when I'm watching this game, is it just me or given the honest injury, given the Embiid injury, given how the Celtics looked a little bit, you know, yeah. all these other teams didn't, wasn't there a time point in this game that you felt like these were the two best teams in the playoffs? Absolutely. Absolutely. This felt like a uh, Western Conference Finals. The intensity, because what you ha- what you normally have in these early rounds is like they're NBA teams. So like, of course, there'll be like blowouts here and there. But most of the time, like the games will be close. These are NBA teams, playoff level teams. And then in the final seven or the final four, one team separates from the other team because their players are better. They're more poised. They're better coached. And throughout this series, it's, it's felt like a finals game or a series or a conference final game, because that's when you get that spot where no, someone's going to have to take it. Other team's mm-hmm. not going to fold. And they, neither team's blinking in this process. And even when the, the Kings were making poor kind of decisions, they still fought back and had a chance to win the game at the end. And they've been hitting those shots uh, in the previous series, but, but you're right. These are well-coached teams that are playing well at this time. It does feel like, this is the type of intensity and shot making that you expect from at least the conference finals. Yeah, I think it's rare when you when you're four games into a series 
and you don't feel like any yeah. team has blown a game. <laughs> I don't yeah. feel like there has been. I don't feel like any team has just given one away. I mean, there are opportunities here. The Warriors had all those turnovers mm-hmm. uh, in, in game two. Wiggins missed the shot in game one. You know, uh, yeah, it's Kings not giving away though contribution, but they're not giving these games away. These are not blown games. Like somebody is outplaying the other person in these games and winning, and that's just what it's going to come down to. I want seven of these games, even though I'm gonna be a sort of a, a mess in game yeah. seven. But I think this series will really come down to game five. I mean, if the Warriors show that they can play, uh, they can win on the road or play, you know, this type of take this on the road and win that game. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a six game series. If the Kings win, the Warriors look bad again. The Rose going seven, and who knows what happens that that seventh game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I think I appreciate you. I'm surprised that you're the one that did this, but you talked me off of the ledge of feeling like the Kings were beaten. But there's no reason to believe that they won't step up again because they've stepped up every time so far in this series. Every time the pressure is on, they'll be back at home, and I refuse to say the catchphrase that I've already had too much of whenever you talk about the Kings playing basketball. So I won't do it. I will not. I will. Light the beam. (sighs) Gosh, what a jerk. Uh, Let's pivot to what we thought was going to be the biggest banger of first round series. That's the Suns and the Clippers. Um, The Suns are up 3-1, but they're playing against a Clippers team that has been without Kawhi Leonard for the last two games of Paul George for the entire series. So, seeing how they've performed, are you more or less confident in the Suns? I got to be honest, I'm less confident. The Suns are the the confirmation bias champions of the NBA where we're all like, they're going to be great. And as long as they win, we still convince ourselves that they're great. But they don't, they're playing against a team that's their best player last game was Russell Westbrook. That ain't good. That ain't a good, that's not a championship caliber team. And they struggled. I mean, struggled. They were, they had to like fight to win that game. They had to make big shots. And it's just this weird dynamic with the Suns where when KD and and Book are hitting shots and and Chris Paul is getting them wide open shots, it's nothing more beautiful, but also they may not be that good. And also they're gonna be tired as hell because they're playing a hundred minutes a night. So yeah, they, they should win this series. They need to end it as soon as possible. However, I, I don't feel as confident as I did about them before the playoffs started, which sucks. You know, uh, as I think last last week we were talking about uh, it, it multiverses in, in a world in which, like, imagine three months ago you tell the Clipper, a Clippers fan, hey, you're going to be in the playoffs and your best player is going to be Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and you're like what the hell has happened to our season? You know, like this is what, this is what it is. And yeah, to your point, I, I'm worried about the Suns. They they actually kind of do remind me a little bit of how the Warriors started when Kevin Durant was on the team. Like they were winning games, but you just were watching them and like, there's, they're not winning in the way that I thought they would, you know, like they were winning games. It's like, where's the 30 point blowout? Like, where's the, the resting the players in the fourth quarter. And I'm watching them play the Clippers and I'm kind of falling in love with this this like ragtag new Clipper team that like in the way that you're falling in love with the Kings like these guys are just just grinding out they're not quitting they're making them play but at the same time I'm watching I'm like why aren't the Suns up by 30 like why are players still playing in the fourth quarter like you like Russell Westbrook Mm -hmm. is running up and down the court like 
Chris Paul suddenly can't make open shots. He doesn't know, like, he's not used to being a spot-up shooter. Kevin Durant is in the corner doing, you know, stuff. You need 45 points from Devin Booker to win games. It just doesn't feel dominant enough. It just feels like you should be, this should be a foregone conclusion when you don't have these players, and it's not, and it's it's weird. Can we just take a moment to look at that card? At the bottom of that card, it says 41% from three for Russell Westbrook in this series. I I would have guessed a bunch of numbers, and I would have guessed 40, <laughs> 40 numbers before I got to 41 for him. Even in this series where he seemingly is playing well, it just feels like every time he shoots, it doesn't feel good, and you're in a bad spot when that's who you're giving the ball to, being guarded by KD in the closing minutes of a game. You're like, hey, go get us a bucket. But he's making enough shots to make them competitive. So, yeah, I, I guess we can project – forward for them a little bit even though I think they're they're not as the Suns are not as good as I thought they'd be I still think they win and I still think they end up going against the Nuggets yeah yeah that's gonna look so much different than I thought it was gonna look a week ago <laughs> yeah like I just yeah. thought the the uh the KD addition was gonna be too much for the Nuggets to address and Aiton was gonna be good against Jokic because he defends incredibly but I just, I, it's hard for me to, to conjure up the confidence in the Suns that I once had. Yeah, especially, I mean, we're talking 40-some minutes a game to beat these Clippers, and you're about to do 40-some minutes a game in altitude, you know, and, and that Denver team's going to run up and down the, the court, and you got to have to defend Murray and Jokic, and they're going to be zipping, zipping around. I mean, Russell Westbrook shooting 41% from three is amazing, especially considering – the game one, he was three for 19 from the, from the field. And that's also indicated that like, if you cannot defend Russell Westbrook right now, like how are you going to defend that Nuggets offense? Yeah. The guys who you wanted to oh, defend Murray and, and those guys, like the players you had for that, they're in Brooklyn right now. They're sitting at home. They just lost to the 76ers. And now you need to find people who are going to do that. And like, if, if, if you're going to be playing 45 minutes against the Clippers, how are you going to have the energy to do this against the Nuggets who are also going to be rested because you know, yeah. they're going to win this one in four or five also. Yeah. Presumably the Nuggets will be a little slower paced uh, just because I think of Jokic as a guy who's a half court player. Uh, so that'll play into their advantage. I, I'm assuming the, the problem, real problem is they can't take no breaks because I'm assuming yeah. Aiton can hold up against Jokic. He's not going to stop him, but he'll hold up just fine. Michael Porter Jr. is not going to be able to, to guard either Booker or Durant because he can't guard anybody, even though he's really big and long and athletic. So I think it'll be – I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, but I just worry about the Suns just getting taxed already and then going into that series. It's just going to be so hard. I, I'm really trying my best to talk myself back into believing in the Suns, but – they really ain't giving me nothing to, to grab onto in this series. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even, I mean, the, the pace, the Nuggets' pace is going to be slower, yeah, but there's just so much movement in that half court. There's just so much movement, so is much it? attention to detail, yeah. and so much yeah. that you're going to have to, like, you're going to be on at all times. When you're, you're playing the Clippers, Russell Westbrook is just just up and down the court, and there's really not a lot of sets being run. Chris the Paul Nuggets are going to people around screens is not something yeah. that I want to I want to watch. And Kevin Durant doing it also. I think also the the what the what KD and Booker do is so pretty and so impressive. But we also have to appreciate that they don't that team doesn't shoot a lot of threes. Even though they have guys mm -hmm. that can shoot, they don't shoot a lot of threes. So they have efficient possessions. 
Uh, and if Russell Westbrook and other people on the other side are shooting well from beyond the arc, like it's really hard to pull away. So it's just a, a team in the modern era that plays like they did in, in the 90s. It's going to be hard to blow out these teams. I mean, I guess you might catch somebody who has an off shooting night. Mm. But it's really hard when you get to the playoffs if you're not going to hit your threes. Because you notice that that, that uh, Warriors game, at the end, the Warriors going to live and die by it, man. They, yeah, yeah. Every possession, it feels like they're looking for that shot. And when they're dropping, you can't beat them because they're going to hit three of those threes and you might hit four twos and you're still going <laughs> to lose. Yeah. Yeah, That's. I mean, that's the, the concern. I mean, this could all go away if the next game – they have one of those just incredible offensive games. Like they look like that team, you know, if they play the Clippers and they win by 30, they score 120 points, everybody rests in the fourth quarter, they play, you know, 30 minutes or less, then it's going to feel like, Oh, okay, well that's, that's what we're getting, but they, we haven't, they haven't shown that. And there are times, you know, where they're trailing and they're looking like they're struggling. They don't look like, they look like they're still trying to figure this out. They have kept like the, they have Kevin Durant, so they're winning, but they still feel like, when you're going to play teams who know who they are, and right now the teams that are going to be left are teams that, for the most part, know who they are. The Nuggets know who they are. The problem Lakers, is Lakers, Warriors, the, whoever. The Suns don't know who they are. It's, it's yeah, that's, that's, yeah, these other teams know them, and they haven't quite figured it out. Which is a lot to ask. You can't put a piece as big as Kevin Durant into an offense and assume that it's going to go fluidly, or at least you're going to get the most out of them. Because of course you can make them a spot up shooter, like you can catch and shoot off of what you were doing before, but. That's not a good use of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and the bench has scored what sixty points combined for the first uh, for the first four games, which I mean, it's concerning, man. Yeah, and 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 there's the, there's the Chris Paul something, you know. There's the I don't want to wish the injury, but there's the Chris yeah. Paul wear and tear that has happened to every playoffs, and you got to worry about that. It's too many minutes, man. Yeah, that's a lot of minutes. All right, what's next, Alabaster? Bing bong. The Knicks are next. Um, <laughs> like the bing the bong? Every what's team has a catchphrase now. It's yeah, yeah, disgusting. Right. Well, you could go orange and blue skies. Stephen A is making that happen. Oh, uh, um, is he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the East, it's pretty crazy right now, uh, which begs the question, what's the ceiling of this Knicks team? Well, the ceiling of the Knicks team is they could beat everybody except for the Celtics. So, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. And obviously they're not better than the Bucks with a healthy Giannis. Giannis missed two games. They're not doing that just to, to rest him. Like, I get it. One game, maybe we're going to be cautious. But he didn't come back in the game he was injured, and then he missed two more games. Uh, you, can't be, you can't be sure that he's going to be back or he's going to be the player that he was. Without Giannis, the Knicks can beat the Bucks. And yeah, Embiid, same situation. I, he looks so bad in that last game that he played that they won. He looks so just like out of sorts and tired and like gimpy, which when you're that big, it's going to happen. And it's happened for him a lot in his career, but they don't really have a ton of other stuff. Like it's Tyrese Maxey, which he's going to be a great player. And he's a really good player right now, but I don't think that the Knicks should be concerned if the if uh, the 76ers are being led by by Maxi. So that's what it comes down to. The the Celtics though, that's where it stops for the Knicks because the Celtics pretty good. Yeah, 
Yeah, the the Knicks are uh, their ceiling is how many more injuries are going to happen to Eastern Conference. Like yes. that's really what it is. Like they're they're properly placed in terms of the ranking of, among the East. But if people are going to be hurt, they can make the conference finals. That's it. I mean, I I, I think. I mean, if the Heat go on to win, if Giannis doesn't come back and the Heat win, I'm not penciling the Knicks as a as a win over the Heat. Mm. Uh, you know, they're Jimmy Butler's. I mean, we got to see what's up with his back uh, going forward. But the yeah. Heat look, you know, look good. You Duncan know, so. Robinson out of nowhere revived yeah, like, his, his ability to shoot after he seemingly just got overwhelmed by the NBA. I think it was it's like the best way to describe what happened to him. And Spo was desperate, threw him out there, and he started hitting yeah. shots. They just like swept up the one white guy three point shooter and just put another one in his place and said, "Here, you're the Aww, you're the new Tyler man. Hero." I everybody's Tyler everybody's yeah. replaceable, I guess. And they just and he's and he's doing it. I, I mean, I wouldn't pencil the Knicks in as as a win over that Heat team. I mean, I would I would put them as a favorite, but I mean, you never know with what Spolster in the Heat. But they look good, man. I, I I'm this is also sort of reflection of how bad the Cavs look. Like yeah, I've been so really surprised by how poorly they've looked the two things that you were going to rely on with that Cavs team were their deep was their defense which the Knicks have played better defense yeah. than them and that Donovan Mitchell was going to be the best player on the court nope. and he has not been and he looked terrible today yeah. like he was I think started the second half 0 for 9 he made a, yeah. a, a, a late bucket and just making bad turnovers looked like shell-shocked he looked like he was looked like he, this this is the guy who eliminated Westbrook and Paul George in the first round pretty much by himself. This is a guy who dropped 50 points multiple times in the bubble. This is a playoff, you know, challenge, playoff weathered guy who's done this a bunch of times. And he looked like he could not handle the lights in Madison Square Garden or the Knicks. And I'm really surprised how bad the Cavs are. But the Knicks, you know, made the clutch shots. And I, I'm, I think they can make the conference finals if people continue to be hurt. <laughs> That's just yeah. what it is. They're not, they're not yeah. going past that Celtics team. But I mean, we feel good about this them getting past this Cavs team, though. Like that seems like they seem to be the better team. They seem to be in more control. I'm really, uh, I've been disappointed in Evan Mobley. I guess I should have. I, I guess I should not expect a lot from him offensively, but I think he's the best player, which feels wrong. I think I don't know. I think he's the most unique, the most exceptional mm. player. Like if we broke down all these team, all these players and was like, let's just have a draft of these players. Like Evan Mobley, I think is the first player I'm taking. And he hasn't had the impact on the games on this series that I think he should have. After that is Jalen Brunson. And he has had impact on this series in a way that Donovan Mitchell wishes he has. Darius Garland seems to on occasion, but Jalen Brunson feels consistent and trustworthy and shaped like a square. I want to, uh, give you the floor again to once again make fun of mark cuban and the and the uh mavs for uh the jalen brunson decision floor is yours can we get the, can we get the ether beat in the background this time while he uh while he roasts uh, mark cuban? I, uh, i've forgotten about that because they have they threw the rest of the season and tried to miss the playoffs rather than pay jalen brunson who is now getting ready to advance to the second round y'all not even in it it's so bad the malpractice over two incredibly great all-time Hall of Fame European basketball players. They have failed to build quality rosters around them. They got to win over the Heat to get a championship. Otherwise, 
And, I mean, we could argue about how that went, but the, the win is the win. But then they followed it by disbanding the whole team and completely giving up. And they've had this uh, Luca fell into their lap. I'm not doing this. You're going to make me rip these guys. Do it. Go for it. Go for it. I already did it. Luca fell in their lap. And you Get know some bullhorn. You know Don DeMarco. Don you know DeMarco. Keep going. You know who's still in the playoffs? Talk to him. Trey Young. Still mm-hmm. in the playoffs mm-hmm. and making, I mean, reasonably competitive games. They're about to go out. But, I mean, it would appear that the Hawks have done more to build around this team than, or build around Trey Young, who's a much lesser player than the Mavs have done to build around Luka. It's a real disappointment. Luka should be disappointed. We all should be disappointed because what was better than Luka in the conference finals? You don't see Luka going toe-to-toe, taking game-winning shots? Nope. Not doing it because Jalen Brunson's in New York. Chris Stapps is right here in D.C. actually playing well. Can't find him no quality. And then you traded all the pieces that you needed to get Kyrie. Talk to him. I'm just going to ad-lib. Keep going. Talk to him. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I'm in a good mood. I'm enjoying the playoffs. So you trying to make me sad. I don't want to be sad or angry about an all-time great player having his career squandered. Let's talk about uh, Jalen and, and R.J. Barrett waking up and remembering – how to play basketball a little bit every now and then. That's fine. I just want to say, I just want to say Lucas should just wheel like one of those TVs that the substitute teacher used to wheel to the front of the class and just play this game. Like just wheel it to Mark Cuban's like <laughs> yeah. the, the front office Goodness and just gracious. play this game. Be like, this is what you have ruined. Jalen Brunson has outplayed Donovan Mitchell in the for the second time, second year in a row in the playoffs. Outplayed him and is going to advance. And you know, this is malpractice. Watching Julius Randle out there is also something that I'll never get completely comfortable with just because he he looks like Julius Peppers used to look when he played for <laughs> Carolina, but he's good. And I'm like, yeah. you're not supposed to be built like that, putting pe- giving people work. But anyway, that's that. We got the check, Mark. I ain't giving you no more extra credit. We got the Julius check. I'm Randall. Julius Randle. Ain't yeah. no stopping Obi Toppin. Oh yeah, Obi Toppin's good too. But I mean, I, Obi Toppin looks like a basketball player to me. So that's what, that's the part that's freaking me out every time I watch Julius Randle. I'm like, no, you're not supposed to be this coordinated and skilled with shoulders that look like they should be coming off, rushing off the edge. That's a fair point. Um, let's move on to Lakers Grizz. Lakers are up two one. What do you expect from Game Four, which will be as you're listening to this or watching this tonight? Yes. Tonight, big game, LeBron. So I don't have a problem with Dylan Brooks talking trash. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. I have a problem with Dylan Brooks shooting shots. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot less shots. Talk more trash. I'm fine with that. That's cool. Talk trash. Shoot less shots. And also, what's with this this year playoffs and all the nut punches? What are we doing? There's There's a lot of testicular focus going on. In this, in these games, like we're really honing in on, on the the junk. I'm holding in on. There's a lot, a lot of junk time in these games. Not, not fourth quarter blowouts. It's a little, it's a little concerning. Doris, did you see Doris Burke roasting the hell out of Dylan Brooks at the uh, during the game? Game was not even out of hand. And Doris Burke was like, he's not athletic. He can't shoot. He can barely defend. He wears weird, his weird silky hair. His shirts don't match. She was like going in on him. Goodness <laughs> gracious, Doris. Oh man, she Doris is having herself a playoffs too. I've been appreciating her commentary, but she ain't lie. She ain't no, say she... one lie about it. But yeah, that that game was disappointing. And Ja came back, and he was surprisingly like 
athletic. I mean, it's not surprisingly athletic. His athleticism is always surprising because no one should be able to jump and uh, get a first step like that. But like he felt like better offensively than I expected him to be, given that his fingers seem like his fingernails seem like they touched his wrists, which is something that should not bounce back from. But I guess I forget that some of these guys are just different. So he's good. They aren't good. We'll see what happens in this series, but it it, it doesn't feel promising for them right now after getting blown out. I was watching this game and they didn't have double digit after the first quarter. And I was like, yep, yeah, I go ahead and focus nine, on this boxing match instead. Nine perts, nine perts for the Memphis. The Tennessee Titans would be upset if they had nine <laughs> points in the <laughs> first quarter. The I, Tennessee I, Titans, are, his goal is 13 <laughs> points by the end of the game. So they are hyped with nine. Right. <laughs> now, I was uh, I was actually, full disclosure, I was going to watch, going somewhere to watch the fight, and I left one place, and the, the first quarter was just starting, mm-hmm. and I went to the other place, and the first quarter had ended, and I, you know, pulled up the ESPN app, and I saw 35 to nine, and I was like, this is glitchy. Something ain't right. <laughs> this can't be. This ain't the real thing. Like this, something is not accurate. And this is. This seems like. This feels like a team imploding. This feels like implosion that we were sort of going towards. Like with the jaw stuff in the regular season, the Dylan Brooks sort of getting out of hand early, the Shannon Sharp stuff, and the injuries. This feels like that. This feels like a team that I know it's just two one. This feels like a team that's cooked already, yeah. mentally cooked, I mean, emotionally cooked, and Dylan Brooks is not. He's yeah. not doing the Draymond thing. Draymond gets suspended and comes back and shows you why he's Draymond. Dylan Brooks comes back and folds and punches a guy in the junk and won't do the interview after. And there's no no reason for me to believe that Dylan Brooks is going to have a game-changing game in game four. I don't see a world in which he shuts down LeBron and he suddenly he's making threes and it's the Dylan Brooks game. Like I don't see that happening and I don't know where their, where their win is coming from right now. So two things. One, um, I think the the idea that the the Lakers can win games comfortably is huge. If they can do that again, that's great for their aging team and AD, who we all know is prone to injury. Uh, that was kind. I mean, it's a it's a fact. That's the nicest way to say it. Like I <laughs> that mean, was a very you, nice way to say it. It's a, it's the truth. Like I think AD in an honest moment would accept that as truth also, but. Uh, you were hinting around this. It's been a long season for the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Like a long season from all the different like beefs that they had with the Warriors and with the Lakers to John Morant's uh, absence because of his gun, his tiny gun dangling to the injuries to Adams and also to Morant, to Dylan Brooks up and downs. Like they got to be emotionally exhausted. So we'll see what they, what they, what they're made of, I guess to get cliche-ish, but they're going to be tested in this next game. We'll see what they have left. All right, Alabaster, what you got for me? So, yeah, the thing that I think would be interesting here is we've seen two really good Anthony Davis games and one horrendous Anthony Davis game. It is very possible that happens in game four. We don't know. And also Morant, for what it's worth, is more than athletic. He went six for 10 from three in that game and scored 22 consecutive points in the fourth quarter. If he was sort of shaking off the injury and can play at that level, who knows? Because if this series goes back to Memphis 2-2, right. that's a lot less of a fait accompli than we think it is right now. Mm, French. Well, we oui, we. Oui. I think um <laughs> I, I don't I think that this I mean I, there this this series feels more about like not the X's and O stuff. 
you know, like it feels like not not about the analytics, not about the performance. It just feels like I'm looking at a Memphis Grizzlies team that just doesn't have it. You know, yeah. like that's just that, you know. But, I mean, it's. I think the point that Alabaster was hitting around, I think is accurate one is like it's up to AD. And like AD, if, if you can show up consistently and, and be like a number one, true number one star night in and night out, I don't think Memphis has a chance, but AD hasn't done that. He did it in the bubble that one time. Other than that, we haven't seen it happen. Injuries aside, just like be dominant and take over a game, which he's capable of doing on both sides of the ball. If he can continue to do that, He'll be hell for them. They'll knock out Memphis, and then he has to do it against the Warriors or or um or Sacramento, and it'll be hell for them. Like that's why people believe that they have a chance, and I guess that's why I believe they don't. It's because I I don't know if AD can do that anymore. I mean, yeah, I agree. This team just sort of goes as far as AD can take them. I mean, okay. I I think in an honest moment, if you'd have thought if you'd have asked LeBron James when they signed AD, would he still think he'd need to be the best player on the team? At age yeah. forty, he would probably say, "Absolutely not. I could just, you know, kick it with AD. It would be fine." Like he's yeah. he's been need to do way more than he probably thought he would. But for this series, yeah, the first the first few games were gone where AD is gone, but I, I, they didn't need AD when they were up thirty five to nine. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they didn't, you know, like they, they he was. It's not like they needed him to carry them. I mean, they. I think that right now they're just in a place where they're just playing better than Memphis, and Memphis doesn't doesn't have what they need. I mean. Hey, LeBron can go for 35 and they can win. Uh, my guy, Hick Van Axel, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar can Kareem. Get, have a 30 point. I see you got that off the ground. I see yeah, you got boop, Kareem off boop. the ground. We go. Uh, we go. Got some little momentum over here for Kareem, my man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I mean, Rui Hachimura is having a series of his life out yep. of nowhere. Like, they're, like the, the Lakers just seem to be finding these ways. And, yeah, they lost that game, too, when, when AD was bad. But I think they could probably weather a bad AD game and still win the series. Yeah, they had a bad one. Yeah. They have another. They probably still win the series, but that's not what we're looking at for them. Like, I think oh, we yeah. I mean, believe yeah. that this series is something that they should win. We'll see how many more AD, how many more bad AD games they can weather. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, especially like like you said, next series, they're playing against the team, teams that don't really have any answers for AD. Uh, or they should not have answers for AD. I mean, yeah. Draymond is a great defender, but he should not be able to stop AD, and Sabonis definitely should not. And, you know, AD should be able to tear through the Western Conference, to be honest, offensively at least. Watch out for Lynn, Mighty Terrapin. DM up. Um, all right, let's pivot away from basketball <laughs> to some Two pugilism. on that team. Sweet science. Um, what did the Ryan Garcia-Tank Davis fight do for boxing? I mean, I, I ordered the fight, and I didn't expect it to be as big a deal as it was, but it – was like a big deal in a way that fights normally aren't anymore unless it's like a a celebrity boxing situation where it's just like some some made for Instagram stunt. This was a real boxing match uh, and it was fun to watch. It's a ridiculous punch from Tank that just like in the moment like it felt like oh like is that a way that you want the fight to end? And then as it took over the internet you're like gosh Man is such a technician with a sledgehammer. And we were watching a fight early on. I was watching with my brother, and he kept saying, like, just wait. Tank mm-hmm. is just waiting. And then Garcia got excited in the second round, just throwing punches. He was feeling good. Tank just dotted him. Boom. Knocked him right down. 
And then from then on, Garcia was terrified and got caught again and hit him in the, the liver. It's outstanding. But yeah, Tank, Tank is growing into something that I think is exciting and interesting. And he could really uh, elevate the sport. We cared about Floyd Mayweather, who for the, for the like non-fight fan, he made these big events off his mouth, not off mm. of like you have to really like boxing to enjoy watching Floyd Mayweather like pick somebody apart. But Tank out here crushing people. If he can keep doing this, like we'll be at a point near or above where Floyd Mayweather was. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those uh, just rare. Well, first of all, anytime that you have a box, there's nothing that's more like sort of like everyday in normal conversation than a like world championship boxing match of where people are not the same race. Like that's just like the thing that people in America just like cannot get enough of. We love it. We love it. It's just so many undertones. There's so many, like we go out in public, we watch the fights, we argue over them. We do all this stuff. We talk about it ahead of time. There's all these racial undertones. But nobody ever says it. No one is ever ever outright about it. Like I was watching the fight and they were going down the tweets uh, like celebrity support tweets. And yeah. I was like, mm, yep. yep. Everybody's like, yep. Oh, yep. You, I, I could have guessed it. I could have yes. guessed it. I think Ice Cube put one up there that said, you know who I'm rooting for. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah we do. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. <laughs> We're absolutely, absolutely right. We know exactly oh, We know exactly who Kyrie has his money on. Like, this, <laughs> these are things that are, like, very, very clear to us as we watch it. But with that said, like, these are the moments. There are people who just, like, I'm going out to watch the fight. I'm going out to see this. And so often, as you mentioned, with the Floyd Mayweather fights, you'd watch it and you would need somebody who knows boxing to explain to you what happened, right? They would need to be like, no, he's actually, yeah. you know, using this move and the jab and he's, you know, tearing yeah. it. You don't have to explain somebody putting his fist into your intestines <laughs> and like twisting and moving his hand back. Like, you don't have to explain that. <sighs> Look, I had, as I mentioned last, uh, you know, the night of the fight, I had kidney stones before, man. I've been there before. I know what it's like to be slumped over with your insides feeling like they're coming out of your butt. And that's exactly what happened. It was a relatable experience. You don't have to be a boxing insider to know that that man got his insides readjusted. And it we want to see not relatable. I refuse to allow you to say that you experienced what, what King Ryan experienced because you passed some kidney stones. Get punched in your liver by tank. Yeah. <laughs> Get I, I can re- your liver by a man named Tank. It ain't the I, same as your stones, buddy. I can relate to being slumped over, wondering <laughs> what what is the meaning of life. Like that is the part that I can relate to. So I would dramatic never, too. I never want anybody putting their hands on me in the way that Tank did with that. Other, it was like, like the the idea that you could hit somebody in the rib cage so hard that he took a knee and yeah. As as boxing is like just such a machismo, like testosterone, I'm the manliest man sport. He said, nah, I'm good. Because like what was whatever was going on inside his body was involuntary because he was yeah. completely conscious. But he was like, no, I can't. I can't stand up. Subject myself to this again. <laughs> and the, the delayed reaction of it is, is the other thing. It was just like he took the took the hit. He did a, it was like a, you know, it was like you watch wrestling. Ric Flair does a little Ric Flair flop, walks out and falls. It was like it took three seconds for it to register that this man, like his body was was sending the messages to his brain that was like, bruh, nah, nope. 
no mocks. Watching like, a, watch, yeah, watching a, a knockout, like an actual like concuss knockout replay is something that is always worth watching and you enjoy it as much as we're not supposed to. We all enjoy it and we appreciate watching it. But watching that, it was also pretty fun to watch him catch a shot in the ribs and then watch the slow motion replay of it take a second to hit him and then mm-hmm. watch him start calculating. Oh, oh no, Lord, what, mm-hmm. what is I going to do? Let me take a knee and gather myself. Oh, I'm not Gavin. <laughs> and Tank was talking to him all fight, yeah. asked him or told him to get up. And Ryan was like, no, nope, I'm, I'm not getting up no more. Nothing, nothing better, too, than the, the, um, the contradiction of a pretty boy boxer and a dude from the bowels of Baltimore. As, mm. Like for a storyline, they were doing the pre-fight stuff, and I was like, "Man, it don't get much better than this." And he came out to a slow jam, and Tank came out to Chief Keith. Love That's, Sosa, baby. The fight was over. Some one person <laughs> came to fight. Another person came to get a check, I guess. Yeah, that that fight was soon as, as soon as Chief Keith starts ringing off in the state. If I it, look, if I ever. I'm in an altercation with somebody, and I hear that the last song that they listen to was Chief Keith. I'm out of there. Like, if you say, "Hey, I just got to listen to Chief Keith. We about to fight, fam." We're not fighting. I'm going somewhere else. Like, I do not want any problem with anybody who has Chief Keith on rotation in 2023. Well, let me tell you this: from the other side, if I'm standing in the back waiting to come out, or I'm standing in the ring watching my man come out, if you come out and it ain't a bass drop. You don't got a base, a whole bass drop in your whole song. I, I'm either very scared or very confident. Nothing in the middle, right? But, but I'm thinking, like, man, he coming out to this? Like, you want you play some gospel or something? Like, you praying for me? But in that situation, I was like, yeah, you don't got it. You got to drop the bass at some point, or you're or you're gonna get dropped, which is what happened twice. That's what that's what I know. His 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 insides were. What song did he come out to? Like, I recognize the song, but I, I couldn't remember it at the time. Alabaster, you know what he came out to? What, what, Chief, um, the Chief Keef? No, 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 not Chief oh. Keef. I, I recognize that. That is modern-day knuck if you buck. I'm yes, talking about what, what Ryan Garcia came out to. It was a popular song, but it was it was soft. It's a soft music. Um, he came out to uh, Oceans by Hillsong. Oh, by who? Okay, yeah, I just, I recognize, I heard it before, but I didn't know. I, I told my brother it was Adele. I was like, I think, I think he's coming out to Adele. Yeah, that, I, I, I don't know what, how, what's the latest you can switch your bets, but once that, once that <laughs> love, once that love Sosa started ringing off, you put, you put in the house, you put in the house on Chief. You put, <laughs> you put the house oh, on Sosa man. and call it a day. <laughs> Ain't no way. That's oh, the only gosh. way, that's the only, that was the only outcome of that, is that you get hit so hard that your body says Mm-mm, i can't do this anymore all right give me That's my check alabaster before i ask you the question that you don't want me to ask you oh you're interjecting oh i was just gonna say to your, to your point david he should have come out to go easy on me by adele would have gotten a lot better for him <laughs> all right you asked for it <laughs> who are you rooting for alabaster tell the truth honestly mm. i didn't i until you texted me being like i watched the fight uh, I had totally spaced out on that that uh, even happened. Uh, yeah. The basketball uh-huh. season. Mm-hmm. Likely yeah. story. Uh-huh. Likely story. I heard down before. I voted for Harambe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I heard. I know. <laughs> we heard this story before, but <laughs> don't uh, give me that. You and, you and Pablo's jeans was 
Sam from right. King Ryan. Give me my right, confetti, you jerk. And, you and Pablo Jeans and Phil Jackson were making the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. The same thing. <laughs> Phil Jackson quickly reminded us, just because I'm around basketball a lot. <laughs>